people don't, and, and maybe I'm wrong here, maybe I'm generalizing, but people don't speak and say, check out this sun-drenched blah, 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 right? Don't use the cliches from MLS listings. Talk like a person because there's people who are watching you and want to hear a person who's talking to them. If that's how you talk, I'm sorry. Talk about the sun-drenched whatever. But like at the end of the day, people generally want to hear you say, man, this is so cool. Look at what's in here. Building a successful real estate career requires you to adapt, pivot, and constantly master new skills. We're Katie and Daniel Steinfeld. We've built our own innovative brokerage. And in this podcast, we've assembled actionable tips and strategies that you can implement to take your business to its maximum potential. It's time to level up. Level up. All right, so we are going to get going. And as always, if you're in the Facebook group or you are here on Zoom, feel free to jump in at any time with any questions through the chat and we're happy to answer them. This is gonna be a very tactical session, which I'm very excited for. I always like the tactical tips that I can provide to you or when I get tips on how to do things. So hopefully this is helpful. Get out a piece of paper and a pen and start writing. <laughs> this is your wheelhouse. I like this one too, though, because this one's meant to be tactical. As long as that's what's on the schedule, I'm happy to talk tactics. <laughs> so that's what this week is. Yeah, it is week all two. about tangible implementation. Uh, for those of you who um, have been with us, Thank you for coming back. For those of you who were not here last week or haven't seen these things in the past, this is week two of a brand new four-week boot camp we're doing built around starting to build your lead gen strategy. We started last week speaking specifically about building your database, and we focused for the entire session just about how to get um, more names, where to find them, how to leverage them, how to organize them, how to systematize them. And uh, we promised that this week we would give you at least a little bit of a taste of what to do with them now that you have them. So hopefully you've begun that, uh, or if you're fresh here and weren't around last week, you will uh, be able to take a look back at session one, which is still, is it just in the Facebook group or did we also put it on YouTube? I don't even know. It is a link in YouTube. I can share that for you guys a bit later. I'm just going to try to find it while you're talking for well, one of those. <laughs> While I ramble. No, 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 it's fine. I can share it at any point. But basically, we've built a whole Google folder for you guys, which includes the link to the YouTube videos, um, as well as any of the resources that we want to share throughout the week. So you can have it all there and be able to access it that way. I so like I'll be sure to... You gave me credit there saying we've built it. Katie built a Google folder, or maybe was it Rose as well? It was definitely not me that built it. But that is okay. I'm, I'm happy was... to help you access it. You supported us in thought. That, that's true. Yeah. That's true. I did do that. So uh, once again, we're on week two here. Be the authority. And Katie, what does that mean? What does be the authority mean? What are we saying? Because I'm going to get some damn fluff in here if it kills me before we get to the tangible stuff. <laughs> well, being the authority is basically showing your audience, your connections that basically you know what you're talking about and that you should be the person that they approach when they are looking to transact in real estate. She looks like the authority. She is. Yeah. So that's the goal. Be the go-to resource in your market. And essentially, I mean, in like pushing that further though, I think it's more about establishing more relationships um, in order to stay top of mind with more people, with a growing network of people. And that's what we're going to show you how to do today, if that even made sense. But you get the picture. It, <laughs> it did. It did make some sense. Um, yeah. I mean, you, you've got a bunch of names now. And a lot of times, everybody kind of does one or the other. They either have a bunch of people and they don't know what to do with them, or they've got a whole bunch of things they want to do but they don't really know who and what to direct it to. So um, again, as we go, feel free to put questions in the chat. Um, 
if every okay somebody wasn't on mute there but now we are um you can if you want to unmute and jump in and, and ask questions feel free as well i see there's a couple of people on facebook also so we're keeping an eye on everything um but today we're just going to walk through a couple of different strategies to start getting your heads twirling and thinking about what you can do and i'm hearing all kinds of echo that's why i'm talking weird right now i don't know you're the only one off mute so i guess hmm. that's, that's weird, weird. I'm hearing voices. No, I don't (laughs) even know if it's you. Maybe it's me. Anyway, so that is why we're here today. We're going to give you some good stuff to do. And by all means, if you've had strategies that have worked for you in the past or that you're thinking about doing and want some feedback, maybe if you want feedback, wait till the end. But as we're going, feel free to jump in with any questions you've got. Sounds good. All right. So we are jumping right into the tactics here, people. Number one. All right, so especially when you are starting out, um, the assumption is likely you're not going to have any listings or you might not have a lot of consistent listings. So sharing other people's listings is a great way to show your authority immediately amongst in social media and amongst your, your connections. So most agents are happy for you to share their listings to your network. Some of them will want you to, you know, tell them who is actually listing the property. You know, there's, there's different things that people may want, but at the end of the day, if the listing says you have the permission to reach out to that agent, um, to ask if you can share their listing, which is a field on most MLS systems, I believe, I know on Treb it is, um, then reach out to them, ask them, And this is a great way to start getting right into the swing of things with listings, especially in your market. Yeah. Um, Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, like make this part, and with all of these things, whatever you choose to implement, make this part of your regular schedule, okay? So, and I think we might talk about this on the next slide, so I don't want to get ahead of tips and tricks and whatnot, but this is something that you need to be focused on doing consistently. And like Katie said, this is about, not just sharing listings that look good and not just putting things up there that you'd love the world to think are your listings. If they don't tie to your goal and your market and the types of people who are in your database and in your future database, it's not going to serve you very well, right? So this isn't necessarily, uh, this is kind of a soft version of fake it to make it. This isn't really faking anything. You're not representing them as your own, but this is putting out there content that reinforces the fact that you're aware of what's happening. You're able to talk about what's happening. You're welcoming people to reach out to you and ask questions about the things that are out there. And these are real listings. These aren't picking nice, you know, Pinterest images of nice houses and saying, you know, check out this kitchen, which is also decent content. But in this particular case, it actually serves a purpose with some uh, potential tangible returns to you because these are real listings that you can use to help find yourself some potential buyers. Yeah. So making sure that you're in your area, like if you have a farming area, this is a perfect way to start establishing your authority in that market, find the listings. If you're looking to focus your efforts in Oakville, don't go, you know, advertising a listing in Durham, for example, you want to really focus in on your area and show that you're active in your area. So that's one way, uh, but that's just one thing to just keep in mind. Um, And putting a carousel of photos together of the listing. Like I would keep some of the ones out that people really want to see, like just to have them reach out to you. So kitchen and bathrooms are the two most common areas that potential buyers really want to see a picture of. So maybe if you keep out the picture, uh, one of the pictures of a kitchen or whatever it is, so that people can reach out to you for more information. Um, But the carousel is a great social media um, post that you can put out there because basically the longer somebody stays on your post, which is easier to do with a carousel post because they're flipping through, you know, up to 10 images on that single post. Um, the more likely your post will be shown to more people. Um, So it's just kind of a tip to kind of get more engagement on that specific post. Yeah. And like you said, with leaving out one of the most viewed ones, if there is a really nice kitchen, make note of that in the write-up without putting the picture there. Like, man, Mm -hmm. this place also has a showstopper kitchen. You want to see it, DM me or whatever. If you want more info or whatever, DM me. You want to you want to try to um, 
invite interaction and engagement however you can. Uh, and here are a bunch of tips to add to those. Mm -hmm. So here, you want to go back and forth? You want to do like a, like a relay? We were both going to start talking. <laughs> no, no, that's okay. Go for it. <laughs> no, no. No, no. Um, marketing homes that are presented nicely. I would think this is a no-brainer, but I think this is more when if if it's slim pickings, let's say you work in in a uh, a farming area that maybe doesn't have several homes every week or one that does have lots, you know, take your take the time to establish those that you want to present out there to people. Don't just jump on everything that shows up because someone gives you permission because even though these aren't necessarily your listings, um you know, there's an association between the presentation of what you put out there and you. And if you're consistently putting up the listings that have, you know, iPhone photos and bad lighting and, and you know, just not well-presented homes, maybe yeah. without intention, you're going to have people associate that with you if they see that in the things that you put out there. For sure. Yeah. Um, and we already touched upon only posting a few pictures. Um, Facebook Marketplace is a great area to just put up as many posts as you want about new homes in your area or new homes in, in the market that you're focusing on um, in order to meet potential buyers that might be looking and might not have representation at this point. Uh, yeah, and an easy call to action. Um, you want to make it simple for people to reach out to you. If it's in social media, for sure, you know, at least at a minimum, prompt them to send you a message. Often you can put a button or a link there that will allow them to reach out to you directly. In some cases, if you want to get more sophisticated, you can have that tied directly to a CRM um, or something to that effect as well as you move forward. But at a minimum, you need to make it easy for people to reach you. Um, yeah. and, and one more place to find people and, and to find listings. If you are struggling or if you're looking for more reasons, if you're tight with your brokerage or a team or things like that, leverage mm. the listings that your own brokerage and your own team has as well, because that'll be uh, not only almost a hundred percent of the time, not a problem to put that out there, but you're also going to have the added support of your own team and brokerage members to answer additional questions or help equip you with the information you might need to help you further market the property for them. Yeah. And in terms of the message you send out to the listing agent, I always took the approach that I'd love to find you a buyer. Do you mind if I advertise your listing to my network? Um, something really, really simple and easy for somebody just to say, yeah, sure, go for it. And I find usually text messages are a better way to reach out versus an email. Sometimes emails can get lost, but if you want a more immediate response, typically text message is the way to go. Yeah, it's very unlikely they'll say no, but definitely ask always mm -hmm. ask. Yeah. Yeah. And guys, feel free to jump in. I know we're, we're going to the next one, but if you do have any questions on that specific tip, then just drop it in the chat. All right. Number two, market updates. Mm -hmm. Take this one. Sure. Can I read it? I'm going to read it in like a, an announcer voice. Oh God. Okay. No, I won't. That's okay. terrible. <laughs> Uh, no, market updates. This is something that I think a lot of us are familiar with, and we're going to talk about some ways that we can um, establish ourselves in our particular market with this sort of stuff without being like everybody else. Um, but if there's any way that you can show that you're an authority in a particular market to a particular target market, it's by providing people actual information about what's happening in that subset that you're focused on. Um, it says here, you know, consistently doing it to your social accounts. I think the next slide jumps into a lot of the ways mm -hmm. to do this. So I don't really want to, here we go. So here we go. Yeah. Consistency. Again, everything you choose to do needs to be part of an overall system, not just because it'll keep you accountable to it, which is a huge reason, but also because as you do it more and more, people come to expect it out of you. And you may not realize that because we've talked about in the past, it's not just about likes and shares and comments and all that. There's a lot of people who come out of the woodwork weeks and months down the road. The one week we forget to do something, if we don't put a podcast episode up, if a market update doesn't go out, things like that, they say, whoa, what happened? Where is it? And we've never heard from them before. So mm. making sure that you're consistently providing the information that's useful and relevant to your market and whatever this report is, is very important for those two reasons. 
Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to go into in the next few next two sessions about more of the focus that you want to create for yourself and your business. So this is a great way to start out on that and making sure like it's so easy if you have an area you're focusing on, like it just makes market updates a lot more consistent and a lot more relevant um, versus an overall look at, for example, the greater Toronto area. Um, so send it out as part of a monthly or a weekly newsletter to your database is a really great way to stay in touch with your existing database. Um, and as I said, don't just list out the statistics. I think it's really important to think about what those statistics actually mean to people, to buyers, to sellers. What does that, how does it impact them specifically? Think about, put yourself in their shoes and think, okay, what are the sorts of questions that I will typically get when interest rates go up or when the market is really heating up and there's a lot of competition? What does that mean for that particular person in my database? Um, those are the types of things that you want to be talking about because I find we, we put, a lot of us put out very general statistics and people just don't understand. Like, it's like, okay, great. The market's up, the market's down. What does that actually mean to me? So make sure you really spell it out for people and be that, be that resource for them. Yeah. Th think about what you see consistently in your mailbox, like every single week, you're getting market reports, you're getting, you know, here's the average price of a detached home in your neighborhood. And it's a chart. And that's all it is. And it's numbers on a page. And it's not that it's not useful, but without context and uh, a commentary that supports what you're trying to say in a useful way, it's not First of all, it's not serving your client any better or your potential client any better than anybody else's, um, but it's also not showing any authority, right? It's not showing that you have an understanding beyond what they do of what's there. When you start to put it into context, you're now separating yourself from what they're seeing every day. And that includes the media, right? Like these big numbers come out there every month and people who are listening to the radio, like they hear the same commentary, things are up, things are down, things are up, things are down. But when you start putting it into more of a real talk and also in your personality uh, yeah. way of delivering it, this is where you start to cut through, right? If you're a very analytical person, then analyze it and show people that you get that. If you're, a, you know, if you rely on humor or you're, you know, focused on families and things like that, talk about the impacts these things have to those particular audiences that you're going after in a tone that's normal for you. So that when people do call you and say, I love these reports, I want to work with you. Mm -hmm. You don't pick up the phone as the person who doesn't sound at all like these great reports they've been reading in a particular tone. Yeah. Yeah. Think about it like storytelling. I mean, in real estate, real estate is popular because we like to know the behind the scenes and what actually happens. So if you were to do a weekly update, it might not necessarily be numbers every time, but like, what is it that you saw in the last week with like a particular listing or a particular um, offer scenario? Like what happened? That's, that's the stuff that people want to know about. Obviously don't go into the privacy details of, of those things, but an overall look at like, this is what happened to me last week. Like I see that as a great feature. If every Monday you go onto your social media or like go live and say, Hey, last week, this is what I dealt with. And you know, this is how things worked out and this is what we did. So there's so many ways to, to tackle it, but the more personal you can make it for your database, the better. Um, and then finally, just progress over perfection. I think all of us are at different parts of our video journey and all of us still probably cringe at every single video that they put out there, myself included. And it just takes time. Like you're going to look back at, if you're consistent at this every month, you're going to look back a, a year from now and be like, wow, I've really progressed. And the videos I used to do were not as good as they were. Did you, did we mention that we were talking about video? Cause I feel like you just sprung that on everybody. Okay. Okay. No, I didn't say it was. No, no, no. But, but it's, it's video. important. But like, right. I mean, yeah. And, and yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't mean you have to do it in video, but like, yeah. this is another way to cut through a market update. True. I think people think is a chart you're sending out. Right. And it might okay. be, it, yeah. but uh, you know, I, I know Katie does these as videos, right. And it's a very mm -hmm. effective way to not just not just connect with people on that level, which video is amazing to do that. Mm -hmm. But I, I think when you're actually talking about it, 
just for your own good, it ensures you understand what you're talking yeah, about, right? 100%, you know, yeah. if you're, if you're just cut pasting and, and even writing a narrative out about things, it can allow you to become complacent and just say, okay, here are the numbers. I know I got to put this out there, but when you're forcing mm-hmm. yourself to talk about it to people, yeah. they see the real you and you now force an understanding in whatever it is you're saying to people as well. So video is a great way to do this. That's um, true. I should have said, try a video. That's one of the tips. <laughs> you do. I, I think everyone at the same time was like, <gasps> a video. how do I do a video? <laughs> but you can integrate and we're obviously huge fans of video, integrate it wherever you can. Um, the yeah. progress over perfection is definitely relevant to that. Don't feel like things have to be perfect in whatever you put out there. And mm-hmm. Focus on just being useful. Everything, everything we talk about in all of these sessions is about value adding for people who are out there. It's about doing things that are going to make people want to get to know you better, to rely on you in the future. And this session is called Be the Authority. This is what's making people understand you to be the person who's mm-hmm. not just putting a logo up and showing people just sold Instagram posts every week. And here's me in a Lambo and here's me this, and here's me this <laughs> because we do that all the time. Oh yeah. All the time. <laughs> uh, but it's the real stuff that people want to be able to see and relate to that they can actually see themselves working with and yeah. trusting. Yeah, exactly. All right. Home Metal tours. Trois. Home tours. So this is video guys, in case nobody <laughs> <laughs> was catching on. I, I draw um, sketches and I make a flip book and I get <laughs> So this is a, another great way. It's very similar to advertising other people's listings because if you don't have your own listings, you can do a home tour of somebody else's. And I think if anybody's following realtors on TikTok or Instagram, so many of them will borrow other people's listings. Like the really good ones, like some, like, the ones I like to watch are like the crazy million, multi-million dollar homes. And like people are going around and seeing these homes, but even just homes in your neighborhood, like showing the beautiful houses that are out there and really the great features that the home has um, makes it more engaging for people. Um, It's one thing to flip through photos, but if you have a video, it really gives people the opportunity to see how the home flows, like the layout, um, and just point out specific aspects of the homes that you really, really like. In a, I don't want to call this a down market, but in a market where things aren't going off the shelves in 12 hours, like they used to, this is even better, right? Mm -hmm. Because you can afford to do something and have it still be relevant when you put it up there, right? You don't need to go live because you're nervous that this is going to be sold before anybody sees it. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, progress over perfection on things like this as well. You also don't want to spend three hours in somebody else's list and getting the perfect 60 second set of clips that are going to go out there. Yeah. I just did the most efficient home tour that I like. I usually take them and piece them together and put them on like a video editing software. But if you, what I find is helpful because with Instagram reels and TikTok, which are one of the tips we're actually going to go through. Um, but if you just take it in like five or six different clips, it makes it easier for you guys to be able to edit them down. If you are using TikTok, TikTok, <laughs> you've got Tick- bad breath when you're making a video. <laughs> TikTok or Reels, because I find if it's all one video, you can't clip things in the middle. You know what I mean? If you haven't used it before, you might not know what I'm talking about. But if you have, you probably know the frustration of having this long video and trying to figure out how to clip it down a little bit easier. So I find that was really helpful. And I put it up within 20 minutes of just like all of these little clips that I took throughout the house. So that's just an idea for you. Yeah. And so jumping into the tips because here we are. Uh, Again, I won't belabor the consistency and scheduling point, but if you start picking some of these and they're in your calendar, you're going to have so much stuff that can go out there. And this is, I'm talking to all you people who say, I don't know what to do, right? Like this, this is what we're telling you. Just do these things, right? Find out whatever has, has hit the market in the last couple of days, and whatever it is, book showings at a couple, get permission to, to do some video and off to the races, right? Mm-hmm. Agent intros, uh, you're able to meld yourself into these. These shouldn't just be 
fancy music and flowing vistas of a house that have nothing to do with you. Yes, you're putting it up there. But again, video gives you the opportunity to mix yourself into the content, to get your personality out there, do a very quick something, something at the beginning and or at the end. And you can have that done in 30 to 60 seconds, right? Because again, uh, the tease element to all these things is very important, right? Like you want to be able to show enough to pique people's interest, but also to make them reach out and ask you questions. And I don't think it says this here, so I'm just going to add one more thing and then I'll tag you it. But there's also the, um, the cliffhanger element of real estate as well. And this is maybe a little bit tougher when you don't know that things are going to sell every week. But if people are expecting to see something every week, which is, you know, here's the brand new coolest thing in the area or whatever is, you know, your curated listing of the week, but then they know the following week, you're going to come in there and tell them what happened with that listing that you walked through or something to that effect. It it's just, it creates, it's, it's like this, this recurring show that people want to see what happened. They like walking through whether or not they ask questions. Now you're giving them that sort of mini market update afterwards and showing them something new. Could be a different video altogether. You know, you put something up that says, hey, what happened with last week? Here's the recap. Tomorrow we'll be out with another video, whatever, right? So it's up to you, but there's so much stuff you can do. I know as you're talking about, there's so many ideas out there. And if you make it part of a consistent plan, like, you know, and again, I, I keep going back to like geographic farming or a specific area, like all of these ideas can really complement each other. If, you know, if you've got video as part of that plan. Um, but speaking of the agent intros, again, as Daniel said, like a quick, like I'd say, try to keep it to like 20 seconds max, because especially if you're putting it out there on TikTok or um, Instagram on the reels, even though they've now increased the time for reels to 90 seconds, which is kind of nice. At the end of the day, most people only really want to watch 30 to 60 seconds anyway. So if they yep. hear you talking for 45 of those seconds, they're probably going to not even bother sticking around for the home tour. So you want to give a quick intro and just maybe, and you want to check out this beautiful kitchen that I'm going to show you or something along those lines, like some sort of cliffhanger that's going to get them, keep them watching. Um, either asking a friend or a colleague to do the intro for you um, is, or film you at least, um, is nice, but you don't have to have somebody, you can just bring a phone stand and do it. Like I've even attached my phone to like, or, or leaned it up against like a, a kitchen counter or something like it does. You don't have to be fancy. Um, but speaking of that, an external mic is something that I think is something, something maybe you should consider investing in if you do. Um, and try to find a good one. I've had some bad luck with mics lately, so um, it might take some trial and error, but one of those ones that you can plug into your phone and then attach to your, to you. Um, a lavalier. A, good one. a lavalier. Thank you. Yeah. Something like that you might want to consider if you're doing a lot of agent intros, because you can tell the difference between people that have the mic and, and those that don't. That is true. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, keeping the viewer watching, let them know what to check out in the home you'll definitely want to see what's coming next. So stick with me for the next 30 seconds. I think that's what, that's what the whole point of video is, is keeping people watching, but also teasing them. Like, again, it's not, not everything's going to be in the video. It's like DM me for more, reach out for more. There's so much more I have to show you that I can't do in 60 seconds, right? And when you're talking, again, keep it short, but also keep it real, right? People don't, and, and maybe I'm wrong here, maybe I'm generalizing, but people don't speak and say, check out this sun-drenched blah, 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 right? Don't use the cliches from MLS listings. Talk like a person because there's people who are watching you and want to hear a person who's talking to them. If that's how you talk, I'm sorry. Talk about the sun-drenched whatever. But like at the end of the day, people generally want to hear you say, man, this is so cool. Look at what's in here right? Or like, I love the color in this room. It's just awesome. I, I haven't seen anything like this, blah, blah, blah. This reminds me of blah, 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 whatever it is, right? Take the opportunity to have a conversation with your audience in 15 seconds, which clearly I'm incapable of. It's hard. It honestly is. Like, I think if you just go in knowing what you're going to 
touch upon, it makes it a lot easier rather than just going off and like, cause I, I've, I've sat there for like 20 minutes, like trying to figure out like a 20 second clip of, of me. And it's very, very frustrating. <laughs> if, if it's, if it's for a reel or if it's for something like that, I don't, I don't go off the cuff because I'll lose my mind talking. It's like when I, if you've watched me in the last couple of weeks, go live on Instagram, like I'll just sit and talk for 15 minutes and forget that there's people watching me because it's fun to do. <laughs> but if you're, and I can see there's a comment here. If, if you're actually doing something that's got time restrictions, you've got like two sentences, like one at the beginning, one at the end. This isn't, this isn't, you know, tours with you unless you're doing a whole YouTube video, which is not what this is all about. And well, it can be. And don't really say blah, blah, blah. That's yeah. right. Don't say blah, blah, blah. Don't fit, don't fit that in. That should not be part of your script or yada, yada, yada. None of that stuff. Yeah. But it depends on what social media platform you are wanting to focus on, because if it is YouTube, then you're going to want to film the videos in, in a different format. And you might want a bit of a longer video and that might be your niche versus more of these quicker TikTok, Instagram reel type videos. Um, so it really depends on what your focus is, but you can do a lot with whatever it is that you're looking to, to put out there. If you're doing this sort of thing though, on a weekly basis, like if that's what your goal is and in any market, there's going to be something available to you every week. I think it's fair to say, like, unless you're in a very remote area where things don't come out, but that's a whole other story. Like if this is your strategy, you're probably living in an area where there's a couple of things to choose from. Mm -hmm. I would not recommend you go with YouTube out of the gate. At least YouTube takes a considerably longer time to put together. It's more content. And if you are going to be going that way with home tours every week, then be aware of what else you're planning for yourself. Just be conscious of your time and be conscious of the quality and consistency you're trying to put out there. Normally we'll say, go less frequent than you think you can to start so you can scale up rather than the other way. Um, but YouTube videos can be- a Well, there's YouTube shorts too, right? Well, YouTube, but yeah, but, that, but I, I'm just speaking to like the, if you're thinking of rambling through like three, four minute videos and YouTube is the way you wanna go, those take mm -hmm. a while to put together, right? It could. I mean, you could just do a longer format video that I guess. Filming, I guess. You know? I just I just don't want anybody yelling at us in like three weeks saying, like, I've been I've been in my basement putting together videos for hours for my weekly that's YouTube true. video that I need to yeah. do. Why did you tell me to do that? Yeah. So that's my disclaimer right now. You <laughs> Hire can do somebody it. to do it. Hire yeah. somebody to do well, it. Well, that, we that's can. just be aware, just plan it out, but at the same time don't have, uh, you know, uh, what is it? Analysis paralysis sitting there, yeah. like trying to, cause then you'll never get anything done. And that's where everyone gets caught is trying to come up with the perfect strategy. Just start and do it and get in a groove and schedule it out and you'll be fine. Yeah. Um, and then finally don't book video tours for tenanted homes, obviously like <laughs> Try, try to focus on the ones ideally like the perfect type of home is the vacant home that's been staged that's great yes. um and then and then go to owner occupied homes that might not have so many like requirements with, with showings but don't do it through tenant homes please. i feel like i feel like that's a niche that would immediately get a following if you only yeah. did tenanted home tours every week you're doing you're sneaking in on a tenanted home and that's the tour that you're gonna do yeah. I'm not condoning yeah. it. I'm just saying that's an untapped market for anybody who wants to be bold. <laughs> um, all right. Number four is seminars. Um, so obviously this isn't going to be a daily thing for you guys, but it can be a great addition to your business and to, uh, again, establish your authority in your market. So we're talking probably quarterly, I think is the, a good way to go, but you could do monthly, semi-annual, whatever works for you. Um, but any value added content that you can put out there um, to your database, um, and ideally you're bringing other experts in that can talk about different aspects of the, the process. So we'll get to that in this slide here. Um, but it is a great way to even just stay in touch with your database because you've got this big list. And I recently did one, it was a mortgage Q&A and with a, a mortgage broker. And I was very surprised at the amount of my old database that actually came out and just wanted to know about like what's going on currently in the market, just get an update about 
mortgages, rules, um, how they can port their mortgage over. There's a lot of questions about that and just rules about can't like, you know, if you have to move, like what happens if you have to move, like all of those little questions that sometimes we take for granted um, are, are things that people really want to know about. And, and these are things that change over time too, right? So yes. there's, there's two ways, like you mentioned quarterly, which is a real, I think generally it's a good sweet spot for doing these sorts of seminars. Mm -hmm. You might get different people every quarter and however your database has grown or people who haven't seen the last one or whatever. And it, there might be some similarities, but the reality is in any of these talks, whether it's the market or mortgages or whatever, things are changing in real time. And you might see a lot of the same people start to come to these and want to stay in tune with things because you've become the source for them of all this information. Um, some of the ideas are here. First time home buyers is a great one, but these are all niche areas where it really is predicated on where it is that you're focusing your business. So if first time home buyers are a niche you're after, then it's a no brainer to have a seminar and resources and collateral and the stuff you put out there is focused on them and the people you bring in are focused on them because that sort of a seminar will look very different from one focused on investors or pre-con or estate sales or things like that. Um, so understand your market, understand the key things that people in that market want to know, and then go out there and find the resources that are going to help you deliver it because you don't have to be the pro in everything. It's more useful that yeah. you're able to consolidate and source all these pros together to make it a one-stop shop, right? And, and so that's where you're able to forge partnerships and build your business outside of just your own database and into the suppliers and third parties you deal with as well to you know, make this win on both sides for yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And if I were you, if this is something you're looking to get into, I would say to you in like in the next six months, because we've got half the year left, plan out one to two of these and figure out when you're going to do them and the topic you're going to do and just start planning for that date. Um, I find that that's really helpful as opposed to kind of just thinking off the top of your head one week, oh, maybe I should do this. There's a lot of work that goes into them and you want to make sure that you're getting the right um, messaging out there ahead of time, getting enough people to sign up and that kind of stuff. Um, also creating a plan to follow up with people afterwards, because you're going to have people that sign up and, um, you know, you don't want to just leave them afterwards. You want to either provide them with further resources, but also hopefully start a relationship and, and continue the conversation to understand where they're at in their real estate journey and, and be that person for them when the time comes. So it's just, that's, I mean, ultimately that's why you're doing these seminars is really to get more connections and to get more business. And if you're just kind of leaving it at the seminar and that's it and expecting people to reach out to you, we all know that that typically doesn't work that way. Right. And then it says there, yeah, in-person versus Zoom or online, there's, there's pluses and minuses to both. I mean, when you've got it in Zoom or virtual, you're going to be able to reach more people easier. It's, it's more accessible. Um, but and it's also if things don't work out, and you don't get as many people as you hope, because we all get like all of these registrations through Zoom and think that like, oh, wow, we're going to have 50 people and then two people end up showing up and you're like, oh, crap. But at least it, it's not as obvious when you're on Zoom and then you can repurpose that and send it out to the people that have signed up and, and to other people down the road. But I find Zoom is safe like that. <laughs> it's a safe place. Yeah, it's a safe place. Yeah. But in person is great too, as we're getting back to things. And I think, um, I think people like to have that, to have somewhere to go. Sometimes it's kind of a nice thing to do, but again, I feel a lot more pressure when you're doing it in person to make sure there's going to be enough people attending to make it kind of worthwhile, if that makes sense. And, and it ties also to what's your target, right? If, you, if you're mm -hmm. focused on a farming area, maybe in-person is a little bit more makes sense than if you're yeah. focused on a wider audience that's everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. You might want to be able to reach more people from various places. Um, obviously, COVID plays a role, even though it's on the way out, knock on wood. It's mm -hmm. still not as common that everybody's going to love going to things in person if they can avoid it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it just know what makes you comfortable and understand all the factors. There's no wrong decision, except the one you don't make. So deep. You like that? 
<laughs> All right, number five, referral relationships. Referrals. So this is where you don't just have to be the authority with your own market and the people you're trying to get business from. You want to establish yourself as an authority within the industry as well. And that comes from building relationships in other areas that aren't your own, in people that don't focus on the things that you focus on, so that when they've got clients in business that they'd like to find somebody to, to help out with, you're the name that comes to mind. It's the exact same premise as you want to have with clients that when they're thinking of buying or selling a home or a property, you're the name that comes to their mind. This is what you want to start doing with your colleagues in the industry. And so building out relationships with agents and brokers in other areas and in other fields is a huge opportunity for you to bring in business just by being someone who is seen as an authority mm -hmm. to them. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so some tips here using, there's a lot of Facebook realtor groups out there. Um, and when the opportunity presents itself, because you obviously don't want to be spamming every single realtor group, but a lot of times there's opportunities to do that on a specific day or whatever, or if somebody asks about the market that you work within, obviously that's your opportunity to talk about that. But Whenever appropriate, you can market yourself within those groups. And that could be a great way to get your name out there. And that is we, which we've seen. And also I'll pitch and we might talk at the end also for, for those of you who haven't listened to our podcast, we had a great episode. I think it might've been a live interview too with Andrew, um, Perry, Andrew yeah. Perry. And it was all about building your referral network. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of tips in there that go a lot deeper than this. So, uh, maybe we can put a link or something to that episode later, but, um, when yeah. you're marketing yourself, well, yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll come, yeah. <laughs> um, when you're marketing yourself using Facebook groups and things like that, you've probably seen it. Somebody says, Hey, I need a rock star agent in Oshawa who can mm -hmm. help. And within 30 seconds, there are 27 messages all saying themselves or throwing somebody else's name or whatever it is. Rule number one, don't just post your name and hope and then wonder why you didn't get a message. Okay. Right. You need to be in those situations, forward thinking and outgoing enough to reach out to this person directly to, you know, ask questions, to give a little bit more information than just I can help you. Um, because again, this is about establishing relationships with people, um, but also being proactive. So this is that that's reactive. Being proactive is consciously being out there, letting the world know where you specialize and what you do, because you're going to find yourself into other people's algorithms and views the same way that you will with your clients, with the stuff that you put out there showing what it is that you're a pro at. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think also what's really important is making sure that um, the, re the referral relationships are reciprocal. Like you can give out all the leads you want to somebody in a specific area, but if they're not going to do the same for you, um, I think it's important that you try to get some commitment and a really good working relationship. Even if it's not with agents, maybe it's with a mortgage broker or a lawyer. I get that a lot of good mortgage brokers have tons of agents that they're working with, but um, if you can find a really good broker that you really trust and that you can have that sort of reciprocation, I think that's really important. Um, and then finally, one way that in the past I've found that I've had some luck is when an agent from out of town lists in your market area, for example, and, and it happens a lot and it's nothing to frown about, like, you know, we all do it. Well, most, some of us do it. And I think that is a great opportunity to try to reach out to them and offer your help if they need it, you know, think about if you have a listing out in your market area, that's not yours, like how often, like, let's say somebody, a, a realtor.ca lead comes in and a buyer wants to see the listing. A lot of times, if that person is way too busy, they might not want to do that themselves. And I've had listing agents actually forward me leads for people that want to see their, the, their listing. And so if you reach out to them, once the 
home is listed and just say, hey, I live down the street or I live in the area. And if you ever need any help with anything, if you get somebody that wants to see it and you don't have time to, um, feel free to reach out to me and I'd be happy to set up a time to show them the property. So, um, you know, make sure there's an understanding that obviously if they send you the lead that you'll get the lead. But um, I think it's a great way to keep in touch with those people and you never know like things come up with people and they just don't have time to do some, something and they might need your help one time so just sending out quick messages like that weekly or daily as you go through the new properties that are listed can be a great way to to get some potential leads as well yeah think think about the prevalent response when somebody interboards or somebody comes from out of town lately is the people who are local there immediately get pissed off and don't like people coming into their territory. That's what most local agents think wherever they are. Like, and I'm talking in both directions. Mm -hmm. It's refreshing when somebody who's local responds the other way and says, I'd love to help you out if you need it. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, or, or if you've got anything, because how does that hurt you? All that does is make you a trusted resource. It builds a new relationship and it potentially brings you some leads as well. Yeah, there's a question from Lori about this is okay if it's not someone from our own brokerage. Yeah, yeah. it's fine. Um, yeah, as long as you're straightforward about the understanding about how things would work. You couldn't do an open house um, for somebody that's not within your brokerage that crosses the line. But definitely if there's something that comes up and they have a lead, like they can, you can always change leads between other people from different brokerages. That's not an issue. Um, Daniel, I just, I don't know if you got the email. I can't put it into the chat right now because I'm sharing my screen, but I just wanted to share the link to the Google Drive and the uh, uh, podcast episode with Andrew. So everybody has that. Yes. Let me see if I can do that while we're talking. Are you able yeah. to ramble for 30 seconds? <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. You've got I other tips. try my best. I have other tips. Yes. Okay. Um, <clears throat> okay. So as always, scheduling things out is really helpful. If you know that every Friday morning or Monday morning, you are seeing three to five properties in your market area to do home tours or to advertise or whatever it is, um, that's great. I'm sure most of us have a time where we go through the property matches for our potential clients. So if you set up a property match for your local area um, and just make that as part of your routine to go through the new listings. Are there any that I want to advertise? Are there any I want to do home tours for? Um, have a templated email ready to go to send out to those agents that you want to advertise their listing. And it, it, it's like clockwork. Once you get into like the routine, it makes it so much easier. So um, scheduling it out is key. Knowing Monday is property tour, Monday morning's property tour day. And I will do that then and have it ready to go for the rest of the week. Um, it, it makes it a lot easier. Um, staying consistent. I know we say this over and over and over again, but honestly, I just did, for example, a podcast with Jacqueline Pennington. Um, she is a Northumberland real estate broker. She's got, she's number one in her area. And she sends out postcards to her database every single week. And she didn't see results until a year into doing that. So it takes consistency. You're not going to put out a video and get all of these leads right away. Like you're going to have to, again, it's about establishing your authority. You're not going to be, you're not going to immediately become the authority in your market just because you put out one market update. Um, so just and as Daniel said before, just know that people are watching, even though they're not responding. Um, but not only are you sharing information with people that need it, but you're also gaining more confidence for yourself with the, the information you're sharing. And you're becoming more comfortable if video is something that you want to implement more of. The more video you do, the better off you're going to be. Yeah. There's no quick fix, right? We always say this, like the reason people stop being consistent is because they're expecting that immediate return. And all that does is keep restarting you at the beginning. If you try something, it doesn't work for a couple of weeks or a month and you quit it and go to something new, you're back at the starting line. You're not a month into learning, right? And I think too many people think it's all part of the same progression Definitely when things aren't working for you and you hate them, pivot off of them. But when you choose a strategy, be consistent with it. And it will like, these will all show returns, all of them. This is you 
grinding and doing what most other people aren't doing. That's what it takes to get business. It's being yeah. consistent and getting the right message out there in a consistent way. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, other social platforms, I know we touched upon most of these, um, but if that your, your own community is an area you want to focus your time. I always tell people next door is a neighborhood app, very similar to like a Facebook community group. Um, and if you have, uh, if, if you want to check that out and see what your neighborhood's up to, I got a lead from posting a video tour on next door from somebody that lives in my neighborhood. So there's a lot of people posting and advertising on there, but not a lot of people that are doing video and video tours of homes and all that. So that could be a great avenue for you to take. And it's just basically repurposing your content. That's also what's important is like, if I can do an Instagram reel, I can also put it on TikTok. What is wrong with me today? TikTok. I can also make it a YouTube short and I can put it on Nextdoor as well. So there's so many different places that you can put that one piece of content. You can put it on Mentos. <laughs> put it on. Oh boy. Is it yeah. Mentos or Mentos? Is it like a plural of a Mento? No, it's Mentos. Right? Mentos. I say Mentos. Yeah. Fresh maker. <laughs> And then, yeah, like we said before, start small and build up and it should be logical, but we all want to do everything. We all want to do it every day. It doesn't serve you well to start big, realize it's too big and scale back because again, mm -hmm. people are going to see things out of you and expect things out of you and then things will start disappearing, right? It's a lot easier to start with a couple things that people get used to and like to see that you can stick to. And if it becomes so comfortable that you can add to it, great. Adding to it is great, mm -hmm. right? And so that's, that's all I have to say about that. Yeah. So we can um, finish up with any questions that you guys might have if you want to put it in the chat. Um, we just want to let you guys know that if you are considering a new brokerage, um, we do, we are a boutique real estate brokerage operated in the greater Toronto area. Um, some of the things we really focus on are just more of the one-on-one -on -one training because everybody is different. Everybody approaches their business differently. So if you are wanting to chat with us, our numbers are there. You can text us anytime to set something up. If you want to grab a coffee and just chat. Um, we'd love to do that. And I think for us, the things that really set us apart, we like to focus by on biweekly coaching sessions with each and every one of our agents to make sure they're on the right track to their goals and their plans. Um, we also offer the weekly trainings and we've got a few WhatsApp chats uh, set up for the whole brokerage, which is great, but also with each and every one of our agents. So if there is something that comes up, um, they have a direct line to us uh, to, to work things through. So that's just something to be aware of. Uh, yeah, I was going to build on what you're saying, but we have a question. So I'm going to stop shamelessly self-promoting and read the question. <laughs> Please do. Uh, any suggestions on when you are doing an open house for another agent, when you are working with another new agent sharing the leads? Uh, do you mean you're the agent taking someone else's listing and you want to know how to get leads? Or there's another new, uh, when you say another new agent, is that how many agents are involved here? Okay, there sorry. Um, oh, it, it, this hi. is easier. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Hi. Um, so it's we're the same brokerage, obviously, and we're helping a, another agent do their open house. So the two of us were both new agents. Hmm. Um, so I suggested, you know, as each person came in, we kind of just took turns. Um, unless you really connected with somebody or, you know, your cousin walked in, obviously. Um, yeah. <laughs> but this person, uh, she wanted to, I don't know, it just sounded more confusing. She wanted to see what came in um, mm -hmm. first and then kind of divvy them up. And hmm. she wants us to keep contact and like both our email, like for me to CC her in. And then mm. if something comes of it, we split 50% of the commission. Right. I just um, thought it was very yeah. confusing. <laughs> I, 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 I think the first, the first option is what's way more typical mm -hmm. and logical and probably easier to manage, um, especially from the ability to 
build a rapport with somebody. I think there's less awkwardness when somebody comes in, you know, you kind of tag your it, yeah. tag your it. And then as you meet someone, yes, some might end up being warmer than others, but I mean, you're doing it together and you're splitting the leads that way. I think if you start going 50, 50 on everything that comes in, then there's deeper conversations about how mm -hmm. is work being split? What are our responsibilities moving forward with this individual so that we're both comfortable we're pulling our weight, um, yeah. which is, which yeah. is doable, but it's just, it's less, yeah. I, well, you don't what, see a lot of that. That's what I said to her when she first suggested it. I said, well, but you know, your schedule is different than mine. And you know, you don't like, who's going to yeah. actually write up the offer. Who's gonna like, I don't know. Yeah. I just <laughs> thought it was a little more. Yeah. yeah you know, I I'm agree. Still, still wrapping my head around that we don't get a commission when the house does sell. So I get that we're our, our reward, I guess, for our time and photocopying is the leads. Um, but yeah, there was, it was awkward, I must admit. Um, yeah. So I just Definitely. wonder if others do it that way too, or was it just this particular agent? Um, I'm sure I've there's people out there way. who do it. Yeah, I haven't seen it that way. I think it just, it gets really complicated when you're divvying up any sort of a client between two people, unless there's just an explicit working relationship in everything that they do, where it's mm -hmm. like, you know, a team setting or that sort of thing where there's a clear definition to responsibilities and what that looks like in dollars and cents. I think to just kind of throw it out there and say, hey, anybody who comes in, if something happens with somebody who one of us may have connected with, we're going to split it. Um, yeah, that's, it's just tougher. It, it creates a lot of confusion and almost definitely will end up in an argument, even, even if you guys are on the same page to start with. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did notice like when I first started out, especially like, um, you know, I think it's just some agents are concerned that they're going to lose something um, if they don't kind of take everything on or don't have the opportunity to talk to everybody so it's it's that fear of missing out almost but to me it just makes the process a lot smoother and that's how I've always done it is if you're doing it with somebody else let's just tag it a tag system and you know if I get somebody great if not then that's the way it goes for some open houses sometimes you don't get anybody so yeah. yeah. And that's what I told her. It's kind of luck of the draw. Yeah. Um, she kept exactly. saying unrepresented, unrepresented. And I'm like, well, you still have to, you know, somewhat take care of the represented. Like you still, you still yeah. want to show the house to the best ability. Yeah. Um, not kind of just like, oh, you're represented. Okay. Good luck. Go on your own Move type on. thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, yeah, so we'll see. It, it was yeah. interesting. I mean, if something comes of it, great, but um I was kind of more the, it's the luck of the draw. <laughs> uh, yeah. Actually, I just want to clarify. It was because uh, I, I might've been misinterpreting. Is this the listing agent who's saying that, or this is you and another new agent no, who are doing it, the open house together? An, another agent, another new agent was asked by the mm. listing agent to run it. And then okay. the person she was going to do with it called in sick. So I got called oh, in okay, after. And okay. so, yeah. So I said, well, before I come, how do you want to do this? And that's smart. Yeah. Yeah. At least you did it like at least you figured it out ahead of time even though it probably wasn't the ideal way to do it um because that's that you can land into some difficult conversations if you're not understanding how it all works ahead of time so mm -hmm. yeah and and i mean i understand you know if if one of our leads does put an offer in um i don't mind sharing um some of the commission but like i said to it depend like who's writing up the offer who's yeah. actually talking with the clients like they don't need two of us exactly um, that would be you know that would think yeah. Yeah. be more confusing and then who does the follow-ups and then what if i said to her what if you know the lead i have doesn't put an offer in on on this house but puts an offer in you know yeah. two months down the road do you still want a commission cut from that like yeah. where, where does it end <laughs> where do you draw the line exactly. yeah right. yeah yeah no I think you're you're thinking about it the right way and yeah. you know maybe next time you don't have to do it with somebody else you could just do it solo that would be ideal um, yes I've so, done them too they're a lot yeah better. they're a lot better yeah you have more control that way <laughs> yeah um, yeah, so here's our contact info, reach out to us anytime, even if you have like, some like something you want to just chat about, like, you know, you're, you're running into like a wall on like an idea or something in your business. Cause I 
run into walls all the time, <laughs> not physically, but mentally <laughs> oh, um, every day, yeah. every day, <laughs> but honestly, sometimes it just helps to bounce an idea off somebody. So we're here for that anytime. Um, and then the other thing we just wanted to mention is we do have a podcast. Um, Daniel did put the link up to one of our episodes in there, but every week we put out an episode, we've got um, different interviews with industry professionals, as well as us just blabbing about different things as well. So um, if you want to check us out, we're on Spotify and iTunes and all the other podcast platforms that you're used to. Yeah. And our office, uh, to answer your question, we're, we're located in the Vaughn area. So sort of near Vaughn Mills, I guess, 407 Weston and Major, not Weston and Major Mac, Weston and Langstaff specifically. Um, but our, <laughs> tell them but where our, we live. <laughs> yeah, I can give you my home address. Um, but uh, I mean, our agents, we've got one Vaughn agent, two, one, one. Yeah, one. And so, yeah, I mean, our agents are located everywhere in the city. It actually has created a really good collection of people who are able to support each other in a lot of the ways we've talked about, like an internal referral yeah. network. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, that's where, that's where we're physically located in. Offices here and waiting. <laughs> but, but yeah, we've, uh, we've done what we can to build the systems and infrastructure to allow people to be wherever they want to be and need to be and still get all the benefits. <laughs> Level up, 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 level up,